0: It's a trap. It's a trap.
1: Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined as always by my two wonderful co hosts, Carson Ray. Hey everyone, it's a great day to talk about some X-Wing. And John McDermott. Hello, hello. And we are back again with another entry in our Essential Starfighter series. Uh, We've been actually really enjoying recording these episodes, so we're going to pump out a few at a time, Uh, you'll see from time to time. We will take a break though, I promise, uh, sooner than later, probably next week. Yeah, hopefully in the next month or so we have a points update to talk about, so that'll give us a little break. In the meantime, of course, we want to continue delivering some premium X-Wing content each week. So this week, we're going to do that again with Essential Starfighters, this time talking about the Fang Fighter over on the Scum side.
0: Yeah, Fang is, of course, one of Scum's great interceptors. Uh, And maybe just because it's a Scum ship, well, then it's going to be very different from your normal interceptor.
1: Oh, yeah, and this one is very different, and it, it actually turns a lot of the uh, conventions of Interceptors on their head and uh, puts that like unique scum and villainy twist on them, because um, this, this ship does really represent the scum faction identity, or what I think the scum faction identity is. So as usual with these Essential Starfighter episodes, it's
2: probably a good place to start by going over the Interceptor ship type. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it episode 217 uh is when we talked about that ship type so if you have a chance go back and listen to that
1: yeah and in uh in that episode we laid down all the you know detailed characteristics of what an interceptor is and what defines it obviously we'll do that brief overview now just to give you a taste but if you want that full uh full description definitely go check out that episode yeah when you're thinking about an interceptor you can just kind of boil it down to
0: one word and that's mobility you know this ship is generally the fastest ships in the game are interceptors uh they have a lot of linked actions you know for that repositioning they have you know so good dials with lots of blue
1: maneuvers all over the place and they get a link actions uh and boost and barrel roll with that and that's definitely an area when we talk about the fang fighter where it is definitely an interceptor like this is the defining. Quality, and you see that with all Interceptors here. Uh, but there's other stuff that you can really identify in Interceptor. Not all of them necessarily positive. They're very different than a lot of what other, other ships do. Um, A big part of an Interceptor is that its survivability is based on its maneuvering. So um, you'll see most Interceptors have a pretty high agility value, but they don't have a lot of hit points, which means that a lot of their defense is them depending on uh, their positioning so that they don't get shot at at all. Um, Not that they can't survive a couple good shots at them, but a heavy weight of fire is usually going to overwhelm the green dice on on an Interceptor.
2: And to complement that higher agility value as well, regardless of having lower hit points, they generally have better attack power. So often you see Interceptors have three attack dice, and you know if they do have two attack dice, then they usually have some sort of ability that complements uh, their offensive ability. Usually have pretty minimal ways to modify. So maybe it's a single modification, either in the form of a target lock or a focus, or maybe a ship ability. Um, but really, the, their offensive reliance is going to come with better pilot abilities specifically to get those dice mods
1: right it's kind of interesting I feel like um, because you know there's the big divide between two attack dice versus three attack dice that's where most ships fall on either end of that and there's a huge jump in offensive power when you go from two to three attack dice and you'll see actually most interceptors don't have the lock action so a lot of times they kind of functionally fall in between like a well modified two dice attack and a fully modified three dice attack like you might see on like an elite fighter or a heavy fighter um so the lightly modded three dice attack kind of falls between their power wise um and that's what you see on most interceptors where they're like yeah like the you know you think the classic tie interceptor that thing rolls in usually unless you throw a targeting computer on there it's just gonna have a focus to modify its offense maybe predator or something but you're not gonna look at the base chassis for that extra modification
0: Right. And then on the defensive side, they're all going to have three agility, you know, and maybe that exception there. OK, tie striker doesn't quite have three agility, you know, that kind of just
1: proves the rule. When you are thinking about interceptors, you're going to have really high agility values and typically low hit points, too. I mean, looking at three on a lot of them, maybe four, that's like you don't see really anything higher than that. Right. That would be exceptional and maybe boost you up to that elite
0: fighter status.
2: And for the most part, generally, a lot of those hit points are in hull values. These guys don't typically have a lot of shields. If they do, it's maybe one. The exceptions may be having two, but generally, it's just hull, hull value. Sure.
1: All right, so let's talk about what makes the Fang Fighter particularly interesting, though, as an Interceptor. And the, So the way I kind of look at the Fang Fighter is it is kind of the brute of the Interceptors. Like, this is the very aggressive, very in-your-face Interceptor. The other ones can be kind of dodgy or flighty and kind of skirt around the edges here. Uh, the Fang Fighter wastes no time, and it just gets into the fight and gets into the mix of things. Right into the scrum of the fight. Carson, you always like to, like to talk about the scrum of the fight. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I've never played
0: rugby, but it's just a good descriptive term for what happens in mid-stage of X-Wing game. It's
1: a, it's a fun word to say, too. I'll admit it that. It is. Um, but definitely the Fang Fighter matches the scum and villainy's, like, I'm going to do things my own way kind of vibe. And, it, you know, for an Interceptor, it does things its own way. Right. I mean, everything about the Fang
0: Fighter feels like a normal um, Interceptor. You know, it's, okay, it's stats. You know, it's got pretty good offense, three agility, four hit points, so kind of high end of survivability for an Interceptor. And then it's got those linked actions uh, for boost and barrel roll, so that's good, right? So pretty typical Interceptor. Uh, But then it has that Concordia face-off ability, and that's what makes this ship so different.
2: Yeah, that face-off ability really puts an emphasis on your ship being in the opponent's primary firing arc to get that extra defense value. So, of course, if you're range one of your opponent and, you know, you're in their arc, you can change one of your die results to an evade on defense. Um, And that's, you know, kind of against the grain of the traditional interceptor being, you know, kind of the out-positioning ship where it doesn't really want to get shot at at all because they have such low hit points. Um, But this ship is really promoting like get in there face to face range one um, to get that Concordia face off chassis ability because being able to change results for basically free is an extremely powerful ability in this game.
1: Well, right. I mean, you look at all uh, dice modifying abilities and converting to a usable result is probably the most powerful, right, of, of ways you can modify dice. One thing I think is really interesting about Concordia Face-Off is that it is not limited in uses. So, like, one of the problems you typically have with an Interceptor is that even if you're, like, a TIE Interceptor where you can maybe get a focus and get uh, an evade, you still have a, a finite number of modifications. That's especially true with the Fang Fighter where like it's typically gonna just have a focus token if it has anything on on defense. Um, with this ability, if you're in range one and in the forward arc of multiple enemy ships, you get to trigger this ability each time. So actually having access to a recursive defense um, makes this ship a lot more survivable, with the caveat that you really have to be in the middle of the fight there, and you could still, you know, dice or dice, and you know, one free evade doesn't do much against a bunch of other planks. So while that Concordia face-off ability does promote kind of the aggressive get-in-your-face
2: range one uh, engagement, uh, the ability has its limits at you know range two, which is the primary danger zone for these things, because you know maybe they're going to have a focus token for defense. They're going to have three green dice, but no really other modifications to help them at range two. Obviously, they'll get that fourth die at range four, or if the shot is obstructed, they'll get an extra die and whatever. Um, But Range two is a generally pretty bad place for you guys to be.
1: Yeah, and I, I think this is really um, shows the effects of their kind of non standard interceptor action selection. So uh, the Fang Fighter doesn't have access to the evade action, which is pretty typical for interceptors and gives you some more reliable defensive modification. It does get the target lock, which has its perks, we'll cover in a second here. Uh, but the lack of evade, I feel like, makes it particularly vulnerable at range two, which is where, um, you know, if you're a Fang Fighter getting shot at range three, well, you get four dice on defense minimum. Maybe it's obstructed, maybe more. That's a reasonably reliable level of. Of defense. If you're up close, obviously you can get the Concordia face-off ability. Range two is really where, like, even those two hit attack rolls against you start to ping into your hull, and you know, with just four hit points, it doesn't take many of those to take you off the board. Right. And so
0: that's kind of where the fangs maybe play a bit differently. You know, a normal interceptor, you maybe want to skirt the edges of the battlefield a little bit and look for those flanks, and you want to do that sometimes with the fang. But there's also sometimes where you need to just make sure you zip into range one. Um, and, and so if you go too slow and get caught at, you know, range two, uh, well, that's going to be rough. And and so you're kind of better off pushing forward, putting pressure on your opponent. You know, yeah, they might still destroy your fang at range one, but you're getting to put a lot of pressure back and it's probably going to cost them a lot of shots to be able to do that.
1: Now, there are definitely some obvious positive trade-offs, though, to having a lock action instead of an evade. Um, You know, having a lock, apart from the munitions options you'll get get with it, um, it gives you some long-term offensive power. So, like we said before, for most interceptors, typically they don't have multiple points of offensive modification. Um, You know, so typically they just have their focus token. Well, having access to a native lock action means... You know, on certain turns where you're not going to engage right away or maybe nobody has any shots, you can choose to take that lock and set up a more offensive shot, a more powerful shot on a later turn where I blast past my opponent maybe with the Fang, take the lock action, nobody shoots me, I shoot nobody. Then later up I can get a focus token and have the lock already for a really powerful attack. Yeah, and you do sort of have to do that because you can't really get much modification for these shifts
0: outside um, of just you know their normal action bar and whatever you get from their pilot ability uh because there's not really many upgrades you can put on this thing um
1: you basically get like a talent slot and a torpedo <laughs> and that's about it yeah um yeah and the, the talent slot is obviously very good um i think pretty much every Pilot on the ship, except maybe the uh, the I one Zealous recruit has access to the the talent slot. Um, but there's some great talent options there. You can get some passive offensive modification if you do something like I don't know Predator, which works pretty good with the higher initiative fangs, where you can you know take a focus and link that into a barrel roll, which uh, gives you an ability to get a focus and then also line up for a reroll. So that's a way to get double modification.
2: Yeah, and if you want to complement that Concordia face off ability too, um, you could take the Fearless talent, which feel like in first edition was pretty much a card that was designed for these guys and in second edition still very much feels that way but promotes arc to arc engagement you know you can convert a die to a hit and you know we talked about earlier changing results is pretty good so fearless is only three points so you're not investing too much into your fang by putting that on there and it's a strong card
1: yeah, I, I feel like it's always good uh, to use upgrades complementary. Um, where like it's kind of like the new wedge in the A wing, where you know if you're shooting up that forward arc, um, you can reduce their agility. You combine that without maneuver, um, you're just like double reinforcing. Okay, I already want to do this, so I'm just going to get extra benefit from it, and that actually increases the value of like both the ship's ability and the upgrade cards' power.
0: Yeah, and then kind of the last thing here is okay, we have a modification slot um, that's been added to. All the pilots except Fen Rao, it's kind of a balance point. Fen can't can't have that mod slot as much as we might want it. Um, and this is nice. I think you know, getting that extra hull or shield upgrade makes your fangs you know a bit more survivable.
1: Um, it can also give them access to some afterburners for more mobility. Yeah, kind of a finite double reposition usage. That's one area where also the fang's lacking, where you know you don't have a, a barrel roll linked into a boost or anything. Um, usually just having the focus and the uh, reposition linked is great, but having access to the afterburners gives you the option there, where you can functionally get two repositions. And of course, the fang also does
2: have access to the torpedo slot. Um, this is you know good because they do have that lock action, so they can use any of the currently available torpedo options This is not an upgrade slot I feel like you see filled out a lot on Fangs, even though they do have it. Just because, I mean, they do have such a good native offensive power with those three dice. And, you know, if you've got Fearless on them, but, you know, proton torpedoes are kind of expensive, but they're pretty good. Yeah. You can always (laughs) put one of those on here. Um, Or if you want to just have your Fenrao punch even harder than normal, you could throw an advanced proton torpedo on him. um, And that. Isn't super expensive either. I mean, it's a little bit of an investment, but uh, there are more expensive things.
1: Yeah, I mean, like five points on top of sixty-eight right now doesn't—that's a pretty small chunk of you know what you could add on there. I feel like uh, torpedo munitions are better options if you're investing heavily into a fang, probably a Fen Rao because he's got such a good uh, good pilot ability there, getting the extra extra dice. Um, you probably don't want to invest in expensive munitions on the lower initiative ones, uh, but if you're doing a list where it's like Boba Fenn or something or it's like a uh, you know strict ace battleship build or something, you're probably going to bend uh, towards investing more, and then a Proton Torpedo at 12 doesn't seem so ridiculous. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that the advanced Proton Torpedo there. I
0: think that's fun.
2: Another kind of interesting thing about the Fang Fighter that diverts a little bit from the other Interceptors is that um, it does have a somewhat slower interceptor dial. Now, of course, it's got access to the full suite of the two speed blue maneuvers, and it's got a three blue straight. But other than that, you know, some of the faster straight maneuvers are white, where I feel like on other interceptors, you see the three and the four, and depending on the ship, sometimes even the five straight being blue as well.
1: Yeah, and I think this is a zone, too, where, like, yeah, definitely slower in quotes, because it's still got a really strong dial. Um, The main limitation here comes from the range of the blues, where, like, if this ship had a three blue blank, which is, like, one of the best maneuvers in the game, or if it had that four to five blue straight maneuver, that would be a different conversation. But the fact that it's such a limited band where you can end after your stress means you have to be a little bit more selective about when you use those linked actions, because you can't really just rely, like, an interceptor on doing the linked actions every turn and then clearing the stress and doing whatever you want. Um, You have to think through it more carefully, because if you have that limited range band, well then obviously your opponents are going to be able to track you a little bit better and land you in that range 2 danger zone a lot more easily.
2: Well, that dial in turn kind of complements the fact that this ship is very much kind of a close range brawler, so you don't want to get too far away anyway. You've got those two hard blues to kind of keep it tight. You can barrel roll and boost to maybe keep arc on something. Um, They do also have the one hard whites, which are a pretty common staple of the interceptor ship type, but um, you just, you feel like what the ship was designed to do based on those blue two speed maneuvers.
1: All right. Now we get to the fun stuff here where we can actually talk about the pilots for the Fang fighter. And I think this one, last time we did an episode, we started from the lowest initiatives. So we got to start with the big boy in on this one, right? Fen Rao, 68 points right now. The MVP, the MVP, the ace, the scum ace. Uh, So Fenrao's got a really powerful, and actually, I was looking at all these pilot abilities, and I love how simple a lot of them are, like text-wise. They're very straightforward and very clear. Um, Fenrao's ability, while you defend or perform an attack, if the attack range is one, you may roll one additional die.
2: Yeah, so five dice at range one seems pretty good. Uh, You know, we talked about that advanced proton torpedo earlier, like Fenrao doesn't even need it. He just gets five dice, range one. Uh, you know, if he can set up that lock, if he gets behind you and just wait a turn to spend it, you know, roll in range one with a target lock focus. Uh, yeah, you're going to take some damage, like no doubt.
1: And I mean, this ability is wildly powerful, both on offense and defense. You can see why it's a 12 point jump, uh, up from old to Rock to get up to fenrao Um, that does, I think make list building a little, uh, more narrow with what you do with fenrao because taking up, you know, more than a third of your list, uh, means that he, You know, if you're running Fenrao, he's definitely going to be a centerpiece of your list. All the other Fang pilots, you could argue, are complementary pieces that could, you know, push towards being an ace. Um, But if you're running Fenrao, he's probably one of the most expensive ships in your list, if not the most expensive. I don't know. It's kind of funny. He ends up in lists a lot
0: of the time where he's not the most expensive ship in your list. (laughs) Right. But those are going to perish really well with all those big
1: battleships that Scum does have to offer. If he's not the most expensive, then there's probably just two ships in your list, right? Yeah. Uh, But Fen's obviously a great all-rounder there. Um, And yeah, just having that pilot ability, kind of like running fearless on these ships, um, having a pilot ability that reinforces the ship ability just means that when this ship's doing what it's supposed to do, which is get in close and get into the scrum of the fight, um, sometimes Fen'Rau is just untouchable.
2: Yeah, if you're in your opponent's arc and you've got that range one, then he's going to get four green dice plus a free evade on whatever he rolls. So he's... Relatively tanky compared
0: to some of these other fang fighters, which just makes him that much cooler. Well, and, and Fen Rao is one of those like big initiative six pilots in the game, right? Not every initiative six pilot has like a, a big impact. Um, but I think, you know, Fen Rao is part of that scum identity of okay, he's one of their, you know, all stars, their top top pilots, and he's on this fang fighter where he gets to really use all that the value of that initiative and that sweet ability. And Fen
2: is obviously really good, um, but the Initiative 5 pilot for the Fangs, I have always been a big fan of, and that's Old Tarok, who comes in at 56 points and has just a
1: super fun ability. Yeah, very much an ace in his own right, and a really good, I feel like, uh, good ship in most cases, and especially in you know in meta environments where there's a lot of token stacking, uh, Old Tarok is especially effective. Oh, absolutely. I think
0: Old Terok is is my number one Fang. With that sweet ability, at the start of the engagement phase, you can choose one enemy ship at range one. If you do and you are in its forward firing arc, it removes all of its green tokens. Focuses, evades, calculates, all gone. And so that's an incredibly powerful control ability. And it's really cool to have that on an interceptor.
2: And I like that the ability, again, complements that Concordia face-off ability because for his pilot ability to trigger... He doesn't have to have you in arc. You just have to have him in arc. So, he'll get that ability from the Concordia face-off and he'll be able to take away your green tokens even if he doesn't have a shot on you. It promotes getting him at least into range 1 of an opponent, you know, if you know that's a bank boost into arc but still having him face away maybe at a different ship. Like that's not terrible for him. Uh, to be in that position, because he's going to get all of those benefits,
1: right? Especially if you're like in a situation where the ship you actually want to shoot at with him is a different ship than the ship that's going to be the biggest threat to you. Where like if you time that well, you can do both: drain their tokens from the ship that's threatening you, and then lay in damage on the ship that you want to destroy. And I mean, I think there's a big argument here for Ultrarock, where, yeah, you, you go down one initiative point, but initiative five is still really strong, and you save a lot of points here compared to Fen Rao. so Ultrarock's going to fit in a lot more scum list than Fenrau would. Then a fang that I kind of wish we'd see more of in lists
2: uh, at initiative four and 54 points is Cad Solus, has a pretty unique ability that reads, after you fully execute a red maneuver, gain two focus tokens.
1: Well, and the clearest benefit here is obviously giving the ship access to multiple green tokens for offense or defense. That's huge. Uh, There's the inherent constraint, though, where if you perform a red maneuver to get these focuses, you have to perform a blue next turn, so you have to time when you're going to do this to make sure you get those uh, focus tokens when you need them, and that you don't end up in a position where your limited number of blues is going to compromise your following turns. Yeah, my thing with Cat, I think that isn't a pretty good ability, but...
0: It's just, like, do you want to pay seven points for that ability? And I'm not quite sure it's seven points good. Right, compared to the next lowest initiative. Right, because we can compare our generic initiative for Fang. It's you know, same initiative, just seven points cheaper. But, but there is a pilot that doesn't quite have that problem, right? Joy Recoff is the exact same price as your Skull Squadron pilot.
1: Yeah, and Joy actually has a really interesting ability here. Um, I like this design space they're exploring. I hope they do more of it in the future, actually, because we haven't seen a lot of abilities like this. Joy's ability: while you perform an attack, you may spend one charge from an equipped torpedo upgrade. If you do, the defender rolls one fewer dice defense dice. I mean, reducing your opponent's agility is
2: always very strong. Um, the cheapest way to get this ability off with Joy is to take an ion torpedo, which you know for four points puts hurt fifty one. Um, she doesn't see a ton of play at least i haven't seen her played a lot um you know at 51 she's only coming in slightly cheaper than cad and old tarok and they have abilities that don't really require upgrades to trigger so um it's kind of it depends on maybe like what else is in your list or if there's a certain meta thing you're trying to counter that maybe you would include joy in your list
1: yeah, I think one of the list building constraints, um, like, is if you want to fly Joy or Cad, the question is like, well, why aren't you just investing in Old Tarrac then? Um, so obviously, if you're flying multiple fangs in a list, you can do Old Tarak first and then choose uh, one of these two. But like, they wouldn't be my first pick unless I really found some synergy with some other scum ships. Well, and I think some of the most common fangs that you do see showing up in lists, like, yes, you
0: see the top end named ones, Fen and Old Tarrac, quite a bit. Oh, but you also see the generics uh, very frequently. I think maybe even a bit more sometimes, depending on the meta.
1: Yeah, and honestly, Skull Squadron is probably one of my favorite generic pilots in the game. Like, the value you get for this thing, it doesn't. it's kind of unassuming. Like, it doesn't um, draw a lot of attention to itself, but this thing, like, wins out on so many metrics. Like, it's just above average in so many categories that I always get way more value out of it than I expect.
2: I was trying to remember back, it might have been a year-plus ago, I thought we did an episode where we talked about what we thought were the top 5 best generics and I'm pretty sure we included this one.
1: I think so too, it was up there. And I think it was I I want to say it was pretty high on the list. I feel like I should pull up those notes sometime. I mean, everything changes now cuz we've had so many new ships released, but
0: Right. I mean, this feels like a little ace, right? Initiative 4, you get a talent slot. Um, you know, because you have those linked actions, like you have a lot you can do with just the base chassis of fang fighter and you know getting that initiative four with that skull squadron like it's pretty fantastic
2: yeah initiative four is a good zone where they can exist as you know maybe like pseudo mini aces or they're really good blockers against things that are higher initiative um and you know if you're flying against a lot of swarms you know a lot of swarms are lower initiative and are going to be moving first and you know these guys even if they get blocked you know they're going to get that defensive bonus from being range one in arc and they've got that three dice primary, which at range one is four dice. So they're they exist in a lot of zones that make them very powerful for different reasons.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you, John. I think the I four is like the right spot to be for a generic where any it's not like relatively not that expensive, less than a quarter of your total list. Um these guys are great. And, you know, if you're flying against lower initiative ships, like I think to um like Jess Pava swarms, you know, at I3 over on the resistance side, like this ship can do some work against those because at I4, it falls above them in, or lands above them in initiative. And then it just functions basically as a full on ace from there and can do whatever, whatever it wants. And if you have two of these guys in a list, having two aces against a bunch of low initiative ship is awesome. And of course we have to get down to the lowly zealous recruit at 41 points. Um, Which, yeah, just that one-point threshold above 40, so you can't run five of them in a list.
0: Boo. (laughs) Yeah, the Zealous Recruit is awesome. I mean, 41 points, extremely affordable. Yeah, you can't quite spam five of them. Uh, But this just slots into so many lists. Um, And I think you see a lot take, like, somewhere between one to three. feels like a pretty common deployment of these Zealous Recruits where, you know, with all that mobility well they can move all around um do some blocking or just you know chase opponents put pressure and you don't really have to worry about you know arc dodging right normal interceptors they're generics like okay like we're just gonna get um shot down but with the um concord face off right you don't have to worry about that you just throw them in there take a focus boost into range one and just start trading dice
2: Yeah. So now that we've kind of talked about the different pilots and the Fang in general, um, we can talk about what kind of role it serves. So looking at the higher initiative ones, you know, Fenround, Old Terok, they're pretty solid high initiative ace options for scum, you know, I-6 and I-5 respectively. These guys don't really require a lot of upgrades to be good. You know, you could just put Fearless on them and throw them out there and that's a pretty solid build. Um, And they're... Just, you know, really good ships, really unique abilities. Uh, you've got that kind of supporty utility ability with old Tarok, and then just the absolute power madhouse that is Fenrao.
1: And if you're going to go with like the minimalistic loadout, they're good out of the box, just as is. Of course, for three points right now, you can throw Fearless on them and just add on to that firepower. Um, and that's a pretty minimal investment for a lot of payoff.
0: Yeah, I think you know one of the things that is really cool about the Fangs is that they have kind of the whole range as far as options, right? So you have the aces, you have kind of the mid-range options with the skulls, and then you have the recruits there at the bottom, your efficient blockers, um, and they're just you know efficient. Right? You get three attack dice, um, good mobility, linked actions. Um, so it kind of fills all of these different list roles with this one interceptor.
2: And we generally like to finish out these essential ship type episodes by giving you some different build and list examples. So we'll go ahead and we'll do that here.
0: Okay, now are these just, here's some Fangs and we put Fearless on them? Uh,
1: that's a good chunk of it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it works, right? It, it does certainly work. It's a absolutely fine starting point,
0: right? Does your Fang have a talent slot? check okay equip fearless
1: <laughs> how many of those can you fit in a list do that i mean yeah and and if you're if you're looking for a good starter build too just run fenra with just fearless and then you know you can load out a boba fett fire spray um flavor to taste whatever you like um and then just have a solid uh two ship battleship ace archetype it's a good starting point especially if you haven't played with that archetype before and there are plenty of other
2: good talents you could put on Fenrao, too. I know people like Predator. Uh, I personally have run Outmaneuver before. Any of those are fine. Uh, I just start with Fearless because it's cheaper. It uh, works well with his ability, and uh, you don't have to sink too much into it. So that's just a good place to start.
0: Yeah, I think with Fen, you kind have a bit more range of what you want to do with those talents. With like the Skull Squadrons, definitely just equip that Fearless. I feel like if I'm not taking Fearless with the Skull, like I'm just gonna take a zealous recruit. Like I'm, I'm not interested in the skull. If I'm not taking fearless,
1: well, and the the math is just too perfect right now, right? Forty-seven points, three point fearless lands you at fifty points. That's just too perfect not to do that.
0: Yep, do that three more times. You're right up to exactly two hundred.
1: Got four great fangs there, and you're gonna frustrate so many people when your fangs just roll natties all night on defense. Nothing but paint. And we were talking about I-4 being a really sweet spot for generics, and that's especially true
2: with these things with Fearless on them, because if they get blocked, well, guess what? They still get some sort of modification at range 1. And, you know, maybe you get one to block, and then all three have juicy shots with focus tokens uh, and Fearless. And, I mean, that's pretty dangerous. You're going to take a lot of damage there. Um, But I guess you risk, you know, if you you lose a couple outside of that range 1 bubble... Um, or you've got stuff that's higher initiative at range two, then you know you might be looking at taking some damage on your fangs before they get to do anything.
1: Alright, so here's the final question before we close out, guys. What's the better value on fangs? The higher initiative aces or the generics? Carson? Um, I feel like
0: this goes against um, a lot of my values, but I, I think the generics are are great with these fangs. John? Uh, I'm going to do the cop-out answer
2: and say that I firmly believe it depends on what your play style is. If you like aces that is and interceptors, answer. Then, then Fen Rao. But if you like spam and stuff, then Skull Squadron.
1: Boo. Don't boo me. I like aces, so I like Fen Rao. <laughs> And then you can say just say Fen'rao. I do really, I mean, Skull Squadron is really strong. I like, that was the the first ship when I played second edition, that was the first ship I tried out with some Skull Squadrons and Boba, and it was a good time. So I'm gonna have to favor them as much as I do love Fen'rao. I, I think the uh, the generics are the real winners here, but it's a pretty good ship all around. You can't really go wrong. Here's my thing with Fen'rao. Sometimes I just blank out and he disappears.
0: And so if I can have four mini Fenras, then if like two of them blank out, that's
1: okay. I still have two left. But if they all blank out, you feel four times as bad. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to Facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. Please consider going on iTunes and leaving the podcast a
2: five-star review, saying what you liked and why you think other people should listen.
0: And if you want to support the show directly, please consider going to patreon.com slash Radio TCX and become a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. And thank you to everyone who's already supported the show.
1: Again, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week.